0: All right, our next guest, Peter King, is uh, just absolutely phenomenal when it comes to pro football. and, uh, And telling us about the league, and we got a big old matchup on Monday night. Man, what a game, the Eagles and the Chiefs. And as I said earlier, it is not only a Super Bowl rematch from last year's Super Bowl. I think there's a better chance than not that it is also a Super Bowl preview. For more on that and this big game and the coaches and the quarterbacks and a lot going on with these two teams... Let's talk to the great Peter King. Peter, good morning. How are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing well, guys. How about you? Fantastic. Super.
0: You know, Peter, we've got this, we call it our Twitter poll question of the day today. We're asking people, do you think that this Monday night's game is actually a Super Bowl preview? What's your gut feeling tell you? Do you think this is the first of two times these, this, this season that these two teams will meet?
1: I think it's got a really good chance. I, if, if you were to ask me the biggest X factor into that question, I would say, A, to, it, there's two big X factors. A, tell me exactly how the, uh, the AFC North is going to pan out and who's going to have the home game when Kansas city plays in the championship game, not that that is crucial, but I think it's a little bit different. If you have to play a game in Baltimore than in Kansas city, let's just say, and look Baltimore, they've already blown two fourth quarter uh, games that they absolutely should have won Pittsburgh and, and Cleveland. But again, I think Baltimore is a real danger to Kansas City. I think they're the biggest danger in the AFC to Kansas City. And in the NFC, if you were to tell me right now that the San Francisco 49ers would come into an NFC championship game healthy, healthy, then I would say to you that's a toss-up game Mm. because, Mm. you know, the key to the 49ers, we've seen it. The last two games that their skill position players have been healthy, including Debo Samuel, most importantly, and their left tackle has been mostly healthy. Trent Williams, they've beaten Dallas uh, by 32 or whatever it was, and they've beaten uh, Jacksonville by 31, whatever those scores are. So – Those are the biggest questions I would ask. But, yes, I think there's an excellent chance this could be a Super Bowl preview. Um, But I do think there are some X factors out there.
2: What is Andy Reid addressing in his Chiefs team prior to playing the Eagles that he feels they need to fix prior to playing the Eagles?
1: Well, I was at Kansas City's game in Frankfurt where they struggled so much on offense only produced two touchdowns. This is a very un Andy like team right now. And here's one of the key things that I've seen so far this season. I was going to spend some time after the game with Andy Reid. And so one of their PR guys said, here, just wait outside the door for Andy until he's finished. He's, he's in with, um, Uh, Matt Nagy, his offensive coordinator. And uh, I waited 17 minutes. So there is no question in my mind that right now they are trying to do not major surgery, but they're trying to do some surgery on this offense. And what basically has happened with Kansas City, I believe, is that they thought, that Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez Scantling were going to be able to come in this year as seasoned veteran players who could help Patrick Mahomes make up for the losses of Tyreek Hill two years ago and this past year, obviously, Juju Smith-Schuster. They have not been getting the separation that they want. And in that Miami game, they totally took um, Travis Kelsey out of the game. So, to me, I think the key player in this game for Kansas City is Rasheed Rice. Now, who is Rasheed Rice? He's their second-round pick, wide receiver. He's really started to emerge as Mahomes' favorite target right now, especially on deep balls. So I think it's going to be essential in this game that the Eagles – Obviously, we all know they're going to pay very close attention to Travis Kelsey, but I think Rasheed Rice is the crucial player for them to neutralize
2: when the Chiefs have the ball.
0: On the line right now, uh, Odyssey NFL insider Peter King as he joins us every couple of weeks here on WIP.
2: Peter, how do you expect that Sean Desai will try to match up against Travis Kelsey in this one? Um,
1: I think he'll try to be physical when I'm off the line of scrimmage. That's what I would do if I were him. Do not let him get a free release. Usually you say that about people like Tyreek Hill and the real quick guys, the fast guys. But Travis Kelsey is dangerous when he is able to do what he wants coming off the line of scrimmage. So I think he's going to try to be physical with him, and Kelsey won't mind that really. And I think he understands, and I think Patrick Mahomes understands that He's going to see a lot of double coverage, but Mahomes has to be, in my opinion, I think Mahomes has to take a few risks in this, in this game, not necessarily over force the ball to Travis Kelsey, but he decided against, uh, I think Kelsey only had four targets against Miami. That, the way Kansas City plays right now with their um you know with their guys, their receivers on offense, I don't think that's a winnable formula to only target Travis Kelsey four times. I think it's going to be hard to beat a team that's as good on defense and as multiple on offense as Philadelphia is to just simply say, okay, we're going to let Philadelphia take Kelsey out of the game. And Sean Desai, I'm sure, is going to school on exactly what Vic Fangio, uh, the Dolphins' defensive coordinator, did. Because not that they... I didn't think... I watched Kelsey a lot of this game. Not that they were overly physical with Kelsey. They were just... They just buzzed around him. You know, they just... Mm -hmm. They never let him have a moment's peace. And... You know, and the wide receivers on Kansas City just could not respond.
2: Well. Wow. it sounds like it sounds like you have some belief that after the buy, uh, that that Kevin Byard and the rest of these pieces in the secondary can come together and make this Eagles defense look better than the twenty eighth in the league against the pass that they're sort of saddled with that uh, representation right now.
1: Well, I think Byard was a brilliant move by them because, first of all, if you're Tennessee, you have to make a determination about your short and long-term future, and you're probably not contending this year. Most likely, I would doubt you're contending next year. So you have to make a judgment. And Howie Rosen, he's one of those guys, he'll make 100 calls for every move that he ends up making. Um, He just never sits still. And obviously that's over now because the trading deadline is passed. But that was, that was a great move. And to me, I think what Bayard brings Philadelphia right now is the ability to come into a big, big game. And they'll have multiple big games down the stretch of this season. Is to come into a big game and to basically say, guys, I've been there before. I'm just like Darius Slay. I'm just like James Bradbury. I have been here I am not concerned about it. I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to make plays in this game. Uh, I would be very surprised if he doesn't show up on five highlight replays in this game uh, Monday night at Arrowhead.
0: Peter Sounds King great. with us here on WIP. Peter, of course, a uh, voter for the uh, NFL MVP. Peter, curious, you know, we saw a few days ago Jalen, crossed, Jalen Hurts crossed over uh, to now be the, the favorite. To win the league MVP. Do you believe halfway through the year, and that's basically what nine games is now, do you believe he should be considered the front runner for league MVP, or is that Lamar or is that Mahomes, who still wins a lot of games with a lot less around him?
1: I had my top three in the column, in my column this week, and I went one Mahomes, two uh, CJ Stroud, and three Jalen Hurts. Um, But, I mean, those things. Can change on a dime uh and the reason i had it the way i had it is that here's Patrick mahomes uh the number one seed in the afc with probably probably the weakest supporting cast he's had since he became a starting quarterback in 2018 i had cj stroud there because the houston texans are were the losingest franchise in football over the previous three years. He walks in and he's got him five and four with gigantic wins at Jacksonville and at Cincinnati. Um, and then I had Jalen hurts number three, fully realizing that he easily could end up number one, but I had him number three because I think so far this year, he's had the best supporting cast of all of the contenders in, uh, at at quarterback
0: you know peter one of the things we're, we're also discussing today is is nick sirianni and what level of a coach he is i think he's great sean thinks he's great but we also know he has an advantage and it's a big one of an incredible roster two years in a row just a ridiculously incredible roster do you believe that nick sirianni is truly a great with a capital g nfl head coach or is this one of those things you need a couple more years to see when he has I lesser th- talent what he looks like
1: i think you need a couple more years i it's hard to call anybody a great NFL coach so early in his career. Um, you know, but I, I remember one time early in my career, I, I was working for a paper in New York Newsday and I went out and did it. I was doing a story on Pat Riley, who at the time was the coach of the Lakers. And there's this old cliche that if you've got such incredible talent, um, on your on your team, like the Lakers always had, that all you have to do is roll the ball out there and let them play. And Pat Riley, that was the thing that totally, totally made him fume. And he told me about a system that he had that every quarter of the season or every fifth of the season, I forget what it was, he set goals for every player on his team. And if they didn't make those goals, there was going to be a problem. You know, like playing time and things like that. So, And look, I have no idea what Nick Sirianni does to motivate his guys. However, I will say this. What impresses me about Nick Sirianni is when I look at the guys who have to be totally in his camp, who have to be his uh, delegates, in the locker room, on the field, and that would amount to guys like Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, uh, James Bradbury, Those guys, and every time I'm around that team, those guys are all in with this head coach. And yeah, he's he is a he's not well known. He's not a famous guy. Nobody said, oh, my God, look at, the, uh, look at the incredible moves this guy makes and look at all this. And, look, he is going to have the asterisk right now of having an incredible front office and an incredible roster. But at some point, time will come when he's going to have to win a game with five huge players being out with an injury you know, or with injuries. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. But I think everything that you've seen right now out of Nick Speriani, the way he gets his players to buy in, the offensive uh, game plans that he has put together, I think everything you've seen in him is the arrow pointing directly north on being a really good long-term head coach.
2: Peter, last one from me. Just a bigger picture question: When, when you pull back and you, you'll look at this Chiefs defense now compared to the Chiefs defense that the Eagles faced in the Super Bowl in February, Great they've question. added a lot to their repertoire. Uh, yeah, how Great much question. better is this current Chiefs defense compared to the one that we saw in the Super Bowl?
1: The one that the thing that I said to Andy Reid after this game is this defense really is a lot better, and I think Andy points to the fact that last year you're playing a lot of young guys in the secondary, and now they're a year older, and they play without fear, without hesitation, wondering if they're doing the right thing. I thought they had a clinic against the Miami Dolphins. I thought they were absolutely terrific in that game against a really good offense. And yeah, Tyree plays, but not a lot of them. Um, and and so, but the other thing I would say, the thing that to me is a little bit different. watch George Karloftis? Uh, everybody says, yeah, you know, Chris Jones. He's he's the guy in you know on that defense. You gotta you gotta stop. And all I can say is this. I think you're starting to have a second guy on that defensive front that when you watch them play, you say, oh, my God, Karloft is making plays. And, you know, nobody really thought he's a, he's an international player and he played college at Purdue. He was good. He wasn't great. And he really has come on. And I think he's going to be a factor Monday night. But But, again, I think – Watch the secondary and the confidence and the aggressiveness that they play with. I think those two things have been the real keys for uh, Kansas City.
0: Hey, Peter, final thing here. I I think the most fascinating situation in the entire NFL right now is Bill Belichick and the Patriots. And and I'm curious. I guess it's a two-part question. Number one, what is going on with Belichick and Kraft (laughs) and the Patriots? And number two, what do you think will occur? Well,
1: I think that both of these guys are too smart for Kraft to have to fire Belichick. And I think at the end of this year, unless there is a very surprising turnaround, which I don't expect. You know, Robert Kraft essentially put this team on notice coming into this year. I expect to have a good year. I expect us to be contenders. Well, they're the worst team in the AFC. And Robert Kraft is getting up there. He's in his 80s. He knows he doesn't have that much longer. And he also knows, he looks at Bill Belichick, the GM, and whether he'll say it or whether he won't, he realizes that Belichick, the GM, would have been fired a long time ago. This roster is not very good. And so I think they're too smart, both guys, to do anything but part ways amicably in a give-you-the-gold-watch press conference. Now, what does that mean for Belichick going forward? I don't think he feels like he's done. I don't think he wants to ride off into the sunset. He's got, I think, 18 wins he needs to pass Don Shula. I believe very much he wants to do that. And if you look at some of the places he could go uh, if, if they make changes, if, if let's just say the Los Angeles Chargers are open, you know, you think that Bill Belichick doesn't say, I could win eight games a year with my eyes closed with Justin Herbert, and I can build a good defense there. So I think he's going to coach again. I think he wants that record. And then I think the Patriots, whether they take Gerard Mayo, who uh, they have been very, very bullish on as wanting to keep him, maybe, maybe they bring Gerard Mayo as the head coach and try to talk Josh McDaniels into a third uh, era (laughs) of being the offensive coordinator because, look, Josh McDaniels hasn't been good elsewhere. But he's been damn good as a quarterback mentor. So you never know. But if I had to guess right now, that's about how I think it would go.
0: Peter, we appreciate appreciate your insight today. We really, really, really do. Peter King again, Odyssey NFL Insider. Peter, thanks so much. All right, there he is. All right.